It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am recording this episode from California under quarantine, but hey, we're able to still record podcast episodes, which is really cool. So today we're going to talk about the use of technology in junior golf, and I've got Roy Ellis from Sussex, England, going to come and share his experience with his coaching and the use of technology in junior golf. The background I've got working with the people I've worked with, if, if we strip golf right down, there's sort of three things that I always have in the back of my mind when I'm teaching that is to play the game of golf and play it let's call it efficiently or effectively or to a level that gives you self-satisfaction you sort of need to be able to control how high how far and which direction and for me the use of that the technology or the tool it can help understand that my original thoughts with technology as a golf coach was always that it was the latest and greatest and the best thing ever but I think what we're going to talk about today is how and when to implement technology in your coaching sessions with junior golfers and talk about the benefits that you get out of it and then also some of the potential downfalls if it's overused or used in the wrong place. So I think today's episode is going to be a good listen for everyone, especially those who are still in lockdown and trying to find out how to keep your junior golfer more interested in the game of golf at home. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Roy, welcome to the Raising Golfers podcast. I'm quite happy and uh, excited for this conversation. You were recommended from one of our mutual friends, Neil Plimmer, and he's only said great things about you. So um, yeah, I welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for, for inviting me on. It's um, a bit of a first for me. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an, a new experience, something else to prepare for and keeping me busy while we're sat at home. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So, you know, today we're going to talk about the use of technology in junior golf. But just before we dive into that, just, you know, tell me a little bit about where you're coaching now and who you primarily teach. Okay, so I'm obviously from the UK, a little nine hole golf course down in Sussex. Ideally, it is a family golf club. It's not like a a members club Um, and age range. I mean, we sort of start at four and I think the oldest person I teach is. 82 so oh, wow, it's a, okay. a wide spectrum of of participants if you like and what would you say is kind of like the bulk of your of your coaching more adult which is primarily the why i moved there to, to to do more adult coaching with the idea that we can build the junior offer obviously travis as you know before i i worked for neil plimmer so i was moving around which was a hundred percent junior coaching and I, I quite like the challenge that i can be somewhere fixed base and and have a base to work from and build build on what I already know as right. well as build a a program at the facility for juniors. So that's cool. So you, you're kind of like where you're at right now is you're primarily teaching adults, but you want to basically build this junior golf program at your facility and you're at a nine hole golf course. Is it is it an executive course or a short course or is it just a standard length nine hole course? So actually it's got two lots of tea, two different tee box settings and there is like a shorty course marked out on it so it's it's ideal it lends itself to you can go and play three 
six or nine. That's um, awesome. So it's perfect. That's great. Okay, cool. And so, you know, like I said, today we're going to talk about the use of technology in junior golf. So I think I'm just going to throw just the first question out at you. And what's your thoughts? Is technology needed in junior golf lessons? What are your thoughts on that? So I think at the moment, there's quite obviously quite a big push on technology in golf. As far as junior golf goes, I think it has its place, but I don't think it's 100% necessary. And when would you say is it's appropriate to use technology in a junior golf lesson or whether it's a group setting or, you know, when do you find it's appropriate to incorporate it in the classes? So I generally, my junior sessions run in like a 10 week term. So around school, okay. I would say I probably don't use technology in more than two out of 10 sessions. So twice a term and I try and link it to something that we've already been doing so for example a lot of my stuff is based around strike so if we've been doing a lot of strike work and so yeah we would like spray a club face and then we'd let let them have a go go off do some more practice do some more work experiment come back measure test explore that's when i would put it in i wouldn't sorry i wouldn't i wouldn't have it that you'd have like two children on the same on on a launch monitor for an hour that wouldn't right. be i think i think we're still looking at where does the coach fit into that yeah what do you mean by that like where the coach fits in so i quite like them to if if they're using a piece of tech once they've so like the returners if you like to the to the sessions once they've used it once or twice they'll have a good sort of they know what the numbers are so they can reference it for themselves, test it for themselves. And I don't want it to detract from why they're there with the coach as well. Because obviously with juniors, there's that the relationship building, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's that's quite interesting. So essentially you, what it sounds like, so you implement the technology in, let's just say two out of the 10 lessons in a 10, 10 week session, right? Yeah. And your hope is that maybe the first few times that it's implemented, the kids kind of learn about the numbers or learn about the information or learn how to use it in, in relation to, let's just say strike, like you said. Yeah. And then as a coach, you kind of take a few steps back. Is that right? And yeah. let the kids make some of those adjustments on their own based on what they've learned about the technology and how that relates to what they're doing in, in the golf swing. Yeah. And obviously that happens more towards when they've, they've familiar with the coach, familiar with the environment, they feel comfy it sort of can open up some really nice chats about, well, you know, I tried this, Roy, and you know what? It didn't do anything. And then that's sort of the when they're ready to ask that, that's the nice time to get in and go, well, how about if you looked at it in a different way and tried something completely opposite and let them go and retest and try again? That's quite interesting. What technology do you primarily use? So I've got Foresight GC2, which... Don't generally take into a junior session because there's an awful lot of information on it. And then I've got a Mevo, which I like the fact that I can choose what it shows. So I can just have like two parameters up on the screen. So it mm. might be carry and how high so that it doesn't, they don't, we, we don't drift away from where we're actually at, if that makes sense. Right. And do you play any games with like, um, with the technology with Mevo or anything like that? So generally most of the sessions are on the range, so it's not into a screen. So there's not a, no simulation to it, right? But if there's a task, so it 
for example, how far. I actually stole this off someone. Goldilocks, so a bit too much, not quite enough of whatever you're trying to change so that they can go to extremes and then work it back in, if that makes sense. So it becomes more of a, a challenge as opposed to standing there trying to get a certain one number on a screen. I like that. And it adds a lot of variety and the kids can learn the difference between, let's just say it's distance between what what a short shot feels like, what a long shot feels like, and then how to get in between basically, right? Or what the number that you want to get to. Yeah. Um, And it also then starts to introduce the idea. So if if we are doing a driver session or even, even any session, I suppose, irons, wedges, whatever, you could go, how many different distances can you, you, you hit with that, that one club? So how many different ways can you use that tool to get a job done? I like that. Okay, cool. And so here's kind of a thought I had, you know, because I've seen this, especially with the lockdown recently, is people are getting more and more things for home for kids to practice with. Do you think it's necessary for parents to get technology for kids at home, whether it's a simulator or Amiibo or whatever? Yeah. I think that's a great question and I think it depends on the personal circumstance and and each individual child because a lot of the children I see, golf is a once a week activity, might go play with dad or mum if they play. So possibly in that respect, a lot of the children I see, it would probably be a no. I sort of get if you, you know, the, the children that are playing at a certain level or have handicaps and play lots and they want to get involved in it. But I think using it all the time, that there has to be a question of how how much it actually represents playing the game of golf. Give me, can you give me an example of when you think it might be beneficial for a junior golfer to have it? So, like for now, if 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 you are at home and you can't go out and you can't do anything, definitely. If you are a junior golfer <clears throat> looking to to make, I don't know, say you wanted to make your over here, we have like county teams, yeah, and your coach had something to work on but you couldn't go and meet them. It would be a great way to, to share the data, I suppose, at, right. at a higher level. Because, you know, like Neil, he's got, with his business, he's got jolfers, golfers, and players, right? That's kind of how yeah. he breaks down his business. Yep. And so your jolfer is just your junior golfer, somebody who might come in for a first experience. Then you've got your golfer, somebody who's actually maybe pl- touched a golf club before, played on the course, but just still doing it for fun, which sounds like the majority of the kids that you're teaching. And then you've got your players basically who are trying to achieve, whether it's a, you know, a lower handicap or a score or make a team or playing tournaments or whatever. So sounds like from what you said, you would kind of say, when would it might be, when would it be necessary to have it at home? Maybe for the the player group of kids. Is that right? Yeah. I would, I would say so primarily. Yeah. But then there's lots of, options around tech isn't there so it's not just the numbers there's the the games you can play on it i know there's certain ranges around us that have got some some pretty good kit where you like knocking bottles hitting balls and things break and you get points for it and stuff like that so yeah uh it, it obviously as well it, it it's, it's expensive stuff isn't it so I, I think it would obviously depend on parents as well as children you know how much they want to spend on their children's hobby if you like when would you think that the use of technology for juniors, whether it's at home or in lessons, where would you find that it could be potentially harmful? And that could be either for the beginner golfer or it could be for the player. Yeah. So possibly more from the social side of things. When I first started experimenting with it, I had a group and I think there was probably seven children in the group. And obviously my group, they're not sort of inability, if you like. It, it's just 
we're here and that you could be have a 13 year old when you and you can have a six-year-old in the same group or someone who's been doing golf for a long time and someone who's just starting I think as a coach or a parent in that situation you have to set your boundaries out at the start because I've had a couple of instances where I probably didn't do that well enough and the questions start coming as children do because they are competitive on their own why does he hit it further how can he do it like that so I think what we don't want to do is try and give them positive experience with some technology but absolutely go the other way and put them off of it because they don't feel they can do as well with it as someone else. So I think you have to be really careful with that. Right. I totally agree. Do you think that problem comes exists from like peer to peer, like junior golfer to junior golfer, or is that more the adult making questions based on the res- those numbers or results they see from the, from the kid's performance? I think that depends a lot on the, on, on the child. And I do think that sometimes parents can have an influence on it. But I, I would, when we introduced technology and the first few times I used it, I had all the parents in there in, in the range at the same time to let them see what we were doing, let them ask questions so they understood it as well. But I think as with coaching children, it can depend. You know, it can change within five minutes, five seconds. Yeah. That's interesting. So like if, if you wanted to have every adult, and I guess primarily, I guess parents would be the one I'm talking about in this particular question to be on board with what you're doing and the use of technology what is it that you wish they all understood about the use of technology for their junior golfers that's a really good question so obviously if the background I've got working with the people I've worked with if if we strip golf right down there's sort of three things that I always have in the back of my mind when I'm teaching that is to play the game of golf and play it let's call it efficiently or effectively or to a level that gives you self-satisfaction you sort of need to be able to control how high how far and which direction and for me the use of that the technology or the tool it can help understand that so if they go and say they're really going to play with that at the weekend and we we wanted them to play an appropriate size course they could go right seven iron goes 50 yards so if we start 100 yards away make it a par five we're all good we're not going to put them in. We can use it to our advantage to, to, to put them in a situation where they're not too far stretched. It's not too easy. It's just about right. It can remove a lot of pain later down the line. What's maybe the most common question that you get from parents when you're using technology, whether it's a good question or it's a question that you wish maybe could be avoided that you hear time and time again? I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever had them question it and I want to avoid the question. From a coaching point of view, I'd rather they come and ask, but I've not actually had a personal experience where they've come and said, why do you use that? It's really not great. And I think that would also depend on parent as well. Where I am now, most of my parents are golfers, whereas before a lot of the the parents had never, ever been to a golf club, never held a golf club. So there was Mm -hmm. a lot, the the conversations are very different. Yeah, I think if if, if the parent or the person who brings the child along is a golfer, they probably already have been exposed to a bit of it or they've seen it on TV or you're at a nine hole course. How would you relate the use of technology to a junior that you take on the golf course? Like when would there be a time where you can like bring a point up to them or something that will click where it's like, Oh, I remember using the, the Mevo and it helped me understand whatever it may be that now can transition to the golf course. Okay. So, so for, for me, that would generally be with, with the older children, I suppose, at the stage I'm at 
at the moment. So that would be sort of like we've got a particular hole that has a tree in the middle of the fairway mm-hmm. and it's quite a narrow piece of fairway. So you've got to shape the ball or send it really high. And so like we said earlier, if we're, we we want to know how high when we're in the range you can or on the grass outside and you've got it all set up, they can see what changes they've made. So pick a different club with some different loft, deliver some different loft with a club and just how high does that ball launch? And then can I get it to go over, around, or... And I, and I think in the sessions, I always try and make sure that there is a context to what why we're doing it. So so sometimes we'll have some stuff set up out in the range, and you'll be like, right, we need to go under it, and then we'll measure it. So how low do I actually need to go, and which club did you use? Or can you use... How many of those clubs in your bag can you use to get that job done? So I think, yes, yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, and I think that's touched on earlier how technology could actually be a distraction because it doesn't always tie back to playing the game of golf because I'm not sure. I mean, even some of the adult golfers I teach, they don't always see the relationship or the tie up or the context between what we're asked them to do in the range to when they go and play. Well, you know, I'm quite familiar with TrackMan. That's what we had when I was coaching in China. And, you know, there were a lot of things that I felt were beneficial about the track manager in your golf. And some of those things were like, you can actually set up individual games on the track man. So you could do like a, they call them tests, but it's not really yeah. a test. It's more a game, right? Where you can say, okay, three shots need to go to 10 yards uh, for carry three shots, go to 20 yards, 30, 40, you got flags out there. Right. And then it gives them some type of number based on the landing point, And that's distance and the, the left and right. And kids yeah. would play that for hours, right? And they and they quite enjoyed that. But I would say that that was beneficial again more for that player than it was so much for the golfer, and yeah, um, you know, for the beginner golfer, and you know, those types of things I think were, were were quite beneficial for the kids and it motivated them. However, I do agree that you know you you do have to be able to tie it in with actually playing the game of golf if you're going to be using it quite heavily and. You know, from my experience using it in China, I think I didn't do a good enough job tying it into playing the game of golf, and it was more just play the game on the track, man. And uh, my, from my experience taking kids in the course, I would try to say, oh, you know, there's that target that's 30 yards. Do you remember that from the game? And it didn't always click or resonate with the kids, and especially if they weren't on that player, you know, that player level. So, um, but it was fun. But Again, not everybody can afford a TrackMan. TrackMan, uh, one TrackMan, you know, TrackMan Four is extremely expensive, but there are some of those benefits that I found from using technology as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think we haven't. I don't think we've touched on it, but if you, you know, having having taught quite a few, a lot of children, if if you say to a seven or eight year old, should we get the iPad out at the end of this session? It can work in your favour to a point. Not that you should need to, but you know, they some of them quite enjoy it just because it's something different to to add in, which is why I probably don't use it every week, just like a couple of times a term. It's a bit of a, you know, a bit of an added bonus and let's let's just introduce it slowly and, and yeah, like you say, try and keep it as, as in context as we can. I, I agree. There's that kind of mixed, it, it kind of mixes things up a little bit and sometimes for the positive, especially in today's world with, you know, everybody on some type of device. However, you know, and I would guess you agree too much of it though is also uh, not beneficial, right? If, if, if that's all the kids are relying on and they're getting too far away from again, playing the game of golf. Yeah. So I've got, uh, I've got a couple of older, so sort of 
13, 14 year olds that are keen to get real good. And even then I've had some chats with like the, 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 the dad of one of them. And I'm like, we can't, I know he loves GC too. And he loves the numbers and getting in the sim room, but we need to get out and hit on the grass. We have to, you know, if he's got this aspiration that in a few years, he's going to be really, really good. He's still got to be able to replicate that in the real world situation. So how do you help him do that? So sort of <laughs> the facility I'm at, we're not floodlit or anything. So so this time of year, you get to three o'clock, you have to, we'd normally have to stop. But but fortunately, we've um, just, just finished building a simulator room. So what we've done is when he finishes school, we go, we'll do sim room, sim room, sim room. And sort of like we'll do, like you said, wedge testing and hit numbers and stuff. And then like as soon as half term comes, We'll, we'll, we'll have a couple of hours, an hour, two hour session, and we'll just leave all the technology alone, get out on the grass, get out on the golf course, and just make sure it all translates. Yeah, that's great. Do you ever take technology out on the course with you? Funnily enough, personally, yes, I do for me, but not always with playing and probably not with the children, never with the children. So you do with adults? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I'll take Mevo, we'll put it on a tee box just to confirm more. But it's not something I would consciously do a lot of. No, it's, it's a great question there. That I didn't, I didn't even think about that one. So, how would you say how has technology helped you with your coaching, and how has it helped your junior golfers to where your programs are today, or where your programs are going to be going in the future? Okay, so if we start with the junior side, I think all of my stuff sort of task or games orientated. So like you'd have some hoops up in the air and can you hit a ball for that and stuff. So as far as understanding the job of the club, so the amount of loft or different lengths and stuff, when they start to get some numbers to sort of validate it, certainly the slightly older children, so I'd say probably 8 to 11 in the sessions, really it starts to click in. Oh, hang on a minute. It's longer. It doesn't point at the sky as much. I can do lots. This happens, that changes. And I think a bit like with all junior coaching, some it's sometimes you, you see an impact within a couple of weeks. And then sometimes it might be six, seven, eight, even a year down the line. You just don't know. As far as my teaching, that when I started teaching adults and slightly older children, I've always had this question in my mind that if I'm just stood there and I know we can watch ball flight and stuff but if I'm asking someone to do something I want to be able to test it measure it and then sort of validate it so as far as teaching I use it more as a tool for me I suppose to help me broaden you know what I know and and also so like with my older juniors if you like if I'm asking them to do something as I'm sure you're aware 13 14 year old boys normally want to make sure it's it's the right way so at least we can go look look and he didn't quite strike that but look where the face was pointing so so they know that you know i think that's for me i like to know how things work and why and how and if it doesn't we can take it apart and find out which one bit we press on to um so a lot of yeah probably a lot more from the learning as well as playing for me personally I'm curious about your, you know, your golf story as well. Have you played golf your whole life? No, I haven't. And how, when did you start playing golf? And then how did you get into coaching? Okay. So I was probably 19 or 20 before I played golf. So about 20 years ago. And I played for a number, a few years from then just socially and 
with family and friends and I decided I wanted to get good and I think yeah probably about 2014 I um went and had a lesson and the expi- knowing what I know now the experience was not great and um I got recommended to go and see a pro at a local club and that pro turned out to be a mutual acquaintance Neil met him started playing loads of golf hitting lots of shots but at the same time, learning, figuring out, you know, he'd send me off to go and do a session with a different coach just to see what they were doing, ask the questions. And then I started helping out at the local club, which is where I now work. What were you doing, like, work-wise before that? <laughs> so I run a garage with my father-in-law, so I was a car mechanic. Had been since I left school, just, and that was sort of my life mapped out. And then... That's fascinating. Yeah, so I had a, a, a nine till five, five days a week, just, yeah. And then, so I was still doing that, done my PJ level one, started doing the junior organizer thing at the local club with like, we had a cult section, so sort of 11 to 16, uh-huh. um, going around the like the, the county, doing matches against other clubs, stuff like that. So you were just doing a little bit of golf coaching part-time at this point, yeah? Yeah, more just junior organising and a little bit of shadowing with Neil and Nev um, when they were doing their job stuff. And then, obviously, they went off to, to, to try and launch in a big way. So I went down to part-time working in a garage and started shadowing with Neil and Nev two, three days a week. Sort of on the job learning, if you like. Um, right. It's the best way. And then, and then it sort of, we were just chatting one day and it was like, right, let's just do it. We've got enough work. So I literally like just overnight went, okay, we're going to do it. That's enough for that. And I went coaching full-time for Neil and Nev for like two years. That's mad. So you were a car, basically a car mechanic up until up until that transition point, right? And then you yep. just basically completely switched and just said like that. You're like, okay, I've been doing this part-time, but let's just do it full-time, right? And yeah, do you miss the work that you were doing before? Or are you, are you very happy with that that decision that you made? Because that's a big one. You know, I don't miss it at all. And if I'm honest, sort of that when I first met Neil in in the first two or three hours we spent together, it just completely changed my outlook on, yeah, life. I mean, it was, and I sort of had this burning question in my head about why is he so different to everyone else? Why does everyone else not teach that way? And obviously now I know more, more people do teach that way. And then, yeah, big jump, but I... You know, it's 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 odd because I never really spent a lot of time with children, and that feeling of going into a school or a golf club and delivering the sessions and just watching, observing, chatting to them—it just, yeah, every day just was awesome. That's cool. That's very cool. You know, and I, I kind of have an interesting thought about you know golf coaches who weren't always in golf because. You know, you, you get different types of, I guess, coaching methodologies or coaches' backgrounds or whatever. And I, I don't think there's necessarily one's more right or wrong than the other one. And for me, 10 years ago, I wasn't coaching golf either. But I, I had played golf my whole life. But what I find interesting is like, let's just say you had a person who was a really good player, played their whole life, and then started to coach golf. I do find, and it's not all the coaches, but it's some, that coach just kind of how they know the golf swing themselves or how they think that 
golf is a tool for everybody to become a player, right? And like, yeah. not necessarily that it has to be enjoyed because they became a player. Whereas like, if you come from a different background and it can be anything, I mean, clearly, you know, your professional background is completely different than coaching golf. You know, you, you probably start to ask a lot more questions to yourself. You probably start asking a lot more questions to the dynamic of the, you know, the coaching sessions. And you would be surprised like how good a coach can get at coaching really anything, but we're talking about golf, just coming from a completely different background because I think the mindset is just so different, isn't it? Yeah, and and, and also it's it's so so part of the qualification are I done. I had to mentor some new or beginning coaches. And what was really obvious to me was coming to it later in my life, not a straight out of school or a 19, 20 year old. I had all the experiences from before that I could sort of associate to what I was, to the person stood in front of me. And I think that's quite powerful, taking taking your previous experiences and no less scary the first time walking into a room and talking to 30 people. But um, but yeah, you're right. I think a lot of coaches wanted to play and because they were taught a certain way, that's it. And, you know, a, a lot of the people I see, a lot of the children I see, golf is a social activity it's it's fun it's it's what you do like to get when you're not at school when you're not at work you know do I want to spend six months of my of over winter rebuilding my golf swing every year probably not I want to play I want to enjoy it exactly right and that's where I think this that humanistic skill is just probably the most important skill set to have as a golf coach there's a uh coach in new york her name's kate tempesta she runs a company called birdie basics and she focuses on kids like three to six years old and most of her coaches at her academy aren't golf coaches or didn't have golf coaching backgrounds but i'm sure there's certain qualities she's looking for in them and those qualities you know carry over to quote unquote teaching golf and her business has thrived from it so it's quite interesting isn't it yeah i think yeah quite a over here it's probably quite a brave move of of the guys to um to do it because it doesn't really happen over in the UK that much. You know, it, it's quite a PGA thing, which is cool. No, I understand, right? So, you know, I, I think you brought up some very good points today about the use of technology in junior golf. And I think there's some things that we can all kind of think about and take away from what you said and shared. And I really find your story getting into the game of golf very fascinating and I think it's important for adults to also hear your story and understand that like, you know, there's just, there's so many different ways to teach the game of golf. And there's, you know, there's certain attributes I think everybody should look for in a golf coach. And I don't think it has to necessarily be longevity in the game or experience as a player. I think there's a lot of other things and qualities and characters that you can look for in a person that you want to send your kids to learn golf from. So I think that's really cool. So Roy, with that, where can people find more about you and what you're doing? Okay. So all the normal sort of social media stuff, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just Roy Ellis Golf, and obviously at the golf club, um, so Cookville Golf Center. If anyone wants to get in touch, my email's royalistgolf at gmail.com just drop me a line i'd love to chat with anyone that wants to talk junior golf golf in general or even just asked about the journey i've been on or i'm still on that's awesome perfect so final question for you is what advice do you have for raising golfers 
So so I've made some notes on this because I think it's a great question. And, and we sort of touched on it just now, Travis. And I think if you're going to send, if your junior wants to have a go at golf, and I don't think people do this enough, I think it's not go and have a look, research, go along to a session and talk to the other parents that are there. Find out why they go, what, what it is with that coach. Because I think all too often children are like, right, that golf course is close. It's busy. We'll just go there. When actually there's a lot more to the junior golf sessions that certain coaches run that would be for the long term really beneficial so I would research your coach that's that's you know because it might not just be coaching it might just be look I want to go on the golf course what's the best way to do it and and there's a lot of people out there are willing to give you your a bit of time some advice set you on your way awesome yeah I love that so Roy thanks so much for coming on the podcast it was very beneficial, a lot of fun catching up and, uh, you know, understanding where you're coming from with your coaching and how you implement the use of technology in junior golf. So thanks for, for, for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me on. It's been awesome. Thank you, Travis. All right. That was a fun conversation with Roy Ellis from Sussex, England, and on his point of view and experience with using technology in junior golf. I do think that using technology to your advantage with junior golfers who are maybe more on the player side i think is extremely beneficial and of course now with technology getting better and better there's a lot of games and activities you can incorporate to make the game of golf fun however i think what roy said was very important which he mentioned is that you've got to be able to relate it to playing the game of golf and if you can relate it to playing the game of golf i think there's a lot of benefits that can come out of using technology in your coaching or if you're a parent using it at home so just having a think about where is your junior golfer currently in their game? Are they just having fun? Are they a beginner? Or are they actually a player who's trying to play in tournaments, get better, and lower their handicap? And then from there, kind of assess how much you do want to use it and how much of those numbers you want to expose the kids to. And I think you'll find a good blend and use of technology if you feel it's necessary for improving your junior golfer. I really enjoyed that conversation with Roy. I hope you did as well. And I would love to hear your feedback about how you implement technology in junior golf. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches, and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.